Welcome to another first for the B2B Community Builder Show. Today, I am just on the way back from two back-to-back conferences that I spoke at and hosted karaoke nights at, but that's neither here nor there. And this was my keynote. For the first time ever, I used the live internet talk show version of the B2B Community Builder Show that happened a couple weeks ago to practice my keynote ahead of these two events. Well, the keynote was really, really well received. I got some great feedback from the show. You'll hear it right now. And I was then able to go execute on it and it went really well. So what you're going to hear is the keynote that I delivered at CMX Summit and at the Badass Business Summit, which is the foundation of everything that we have been working on for the last eight years. This idea of how an internet talk show fits into this community building motion and how to get it successfully working for you as quickly as possible. I hope you enjoy this. This is everything that I know um, in condensed as as densely as possible. So you may want to re-listen to this a couple of times, but what you really need to know is that this idea, this internet talk show methodology deployed as a relationship flywheel, we are teaching it starting in October. So if you are intrigued by this methodology, this thing that we that I am presenting on in this podcast, check out the show notes. Join us for the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp that starts in October. It's going to be six weeks where you learn how to do this yourself alongside us helping you implement. We give you all the frameworks, all the SOPs, all the strategy that you need to in six weeks, whether you have a podcast already or you are thinking about starting a podcast, you are adding elements of this live show methodology that will accelerate your path to revenue from content creation while you build a community. I'm going to let you check this thing out. I hope you enjoy it. This is my keynote, Zero to Community in 30 Days. Enjoy. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy, this show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully 
I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. Welcome. This is something I've never done before, but to give you a little peek behind the curtain of what we're doing, everything we believe in at Be The Stage is creatively leveraging our content as a way to engage and build relationships. So today, what I've done is serving a couple of, it's serving, a, it's feeding a couple of mouths is what I would like to call it. I would love for you to check in in the chat. Let me know you're here. I'm going to do a roll call in a second. But what I've been doing in the last couple conferences that I've been going to is having a show about the people that I met in the conference the following Monday after the conference, right? This is a com completely different deployment, right? Like I just went to FinCon and FinCon is very much my ICP, right? Like our what we do serves very, very well for the financial education investment community. And I just so happen to have a keynote that is going on in Redwood City. I'm in the Bay Area right now. I'm in Santa Cruz. So what I'm doing is using this opportunity to do a dress rehearsal of my keynote. And I use that as a way to invite everybody that I met at FinCon to follow up with me, right? So this is just a, a low friction way to re-engage with people. What I'm doing at CMX is at the end, you're going to see, uh, actually, we can talk about it at the end of the keynote, spoiler alert. But one of the one of the things that we do here with our live shows is it becomes that frictionless follow-up mechanism, right? So this idea that if you're here because you met me at at FinCon. I'm like, yo, man, I would love for you. I'm doing a preview of my keynote. Come check it out, right? Like, I know that's what Gabe's here for. And apart from the fact that we became best friends. And, and that's a very easy thing. Instead of saying, like, come watch my shows, like, check out my check out my my keynote, right? So Madeline is asking, will this and last week's video be sent out to registrants traveling today and travel last week? So I didn't get to see it. Madeline, everything that I do, I then publish two weeks later on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. So if you are, well, I'm, I'm going to keep this in, in the podcast, right? So if you're listening on the podcast right now, this is just what we did last two weeks, two, two weeks ago on a live show. So that being said, roll call time before I get into the keynote, Hannah, so good to see you in the house. The, um, the, expert on Gen Z and digital natives, right? Everybody should have a digital native in their boardroom. Suzanne Taylor King. Suzanne, great to have you. Another great community builder and a fascinating business mind. Can't recommend her more often. Madeline, so pumped that you're back. We're, we will definitely, if you really want the un, the unfiltered Zoom recording, we can definitely send it to you. Ask Roanne. She is community managing in the chat. We can send you that. Or next week, you'll see last week's. And in two weeks, you're going to see this one on either YouTube or podcast. Gabe Walters, every conference that I go to, I make at least one person as a friend that becomes my friend forever. Gabe, you are officially that person this time around for FinCon. So, so pumped that you're here. And Matt Ward in the house, human referral bacon eater expert. So good, good to have you here, Matt, as well. And without further ado, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna kick it into, so I have 30 minutes to give this keynote at CMX. This is really the culmination of everything that I have been working on for the last eight years and how we have iterated through to figure out this way to deploy this mechanism in a very user-friendly fashion that makes sense 
and dollars and dollars and cents, right? So that is kind of like the big thing that community faces all the time. So we have reverse engineered the strategy. I'm going to start sharing my screen. Oh, I always, I love audience participation. I welcome you to make a friend in the chat right now and use the Q&A because I am traveling and I don't have a second screen. Don Bates in the house, the, the Oxford PhD candidate in the flesh. Good to have you, Don. Because I don't have a second screen, I'm only going to have my presentation on me, but pop in any questions that you have while I'm doing it. When I'm done here, I'm going to go straight into Q&A. Rowan's going to invite everybody as panelists so we can see everybody's faces if you want. You don't have to if you don't have your best face on today. And then after that, we're going to kick it into relationship-driven growth strategy sessions. Raj Nathan, start a pipement in the house. I cannot believe he's here. A celebrity, everybody. A LinkedIn rapper, the founder rapper. Good to have you, Raj, man. It's awesome. All right. So I'm going to kick right into this, man. All right. So hook point for the for this thing is zero to community in 30 days, a strategy even your CFO would love. No wonder they put me on stage, right? Listen, all you need to know about me is that I had a major aha moment when my brother passed away eight years ago and 1,200 people showed up to his funeral. And when that happened, I've had this like weird relationship with the Catholic church since I'm like 14 years old. And when that happened, I thought to myself, this is not my religion. This is my community. And I can never, ever leave my community. And then shortly thereafter, it hit me that this solves for churn. So there's a business model here. And I have been following those breadcrumbs ever since to doing it for nonprofits, to selling $60 million projects for construction companies using a similar methodology that I've continued to iterate to a startup software that we turned around with like no budget to starting a company based on this methodology. And the thing that I have learned, the thing that has been beaten in me repeatedly is this idea that everybody wants community, but you're never going to sell it unless you can solve a Monday morning problem. Nobody wakes up on Monday thinking, if I don't have a community tomorrow, my business is gone. They're thinking, I need pipeline. They're thinking, I need to close the deals that exist. They're thinking, I need good marketing in order to do this. They're thinking, how can I get in front of somebody, right? So everything that we've developed has been based on those lessons, a way to inception community on the way (laughs) while giving somebody the short-term reward. And we cracked it, right? In 2020, I hosted two podcasts. One was my own. One was the Not Your Average Investor Show for JWB. And though they had very similar inputs, the methodology that we developed for JWB, which is what we call the relationship flywheel and doing it as an internet talk show is what led to highly, highly differentiated results. So you see here about the same amount of episodes. I actually had more downloads and more episodes, right? Mr. Cool over here, but I got 61 emails out of it, two clients and about 65K in 2020. JWB, slightly different story. They had 1,621 emails, a Facebook group of 2,800. This is all just year one. 259 clients and revenue of 46 million. And it was exactly that, an internet talk show. What we're doing right now, a webinar branded as a talk show where what we're trying to figure out is what is valuable to our audience, who knows about that value that can provide it and facilitate conversations online so that what's happening right now in the chat, even though I can't see it, is people are becoming friends over a Zoom chat that eventually grow relationships. You'll notice that there's folks that come here often and they know each other, they've met each other in person, just like the Not Your Average Investor show community. This was at the end of year one, we ended up having a fan appreciation show that was like client after client coming on, 
telling us that this was so valuable to them. They're a part of a community. And this is why they do business with JWB. And shortly thereafter, the first meetup happened in Northern California. This is Jen Filzen. We call her the fairy godmother of the Not Your Average Investor Show community. And small meetup, this guy on the left wasn't a client. Shortly thereafter, became a client, right? And then this is fast forward two years later when we actually put a little continue doing this thing. This is the latest one. 70 people flew into Jacksonville from all over the country for a tour of downtown and to meet the folks that were part of this Zoom call that we all love so much that we call the Not Your Average Investor Show, right? So we built the community, but on the front end, we delivered business results. So I'm just telling you this to let you know that this thing works. And now this is the... This is the methodology, right? Like I talk about an internet talk show, but I think of it as a relationship flywheel. And it has three core components, value, connections, and content. The idea, what I told you of what is interesting to your folks and who can you who can you put in front of them to, to, have a, to facilitate this conversation, that is the co-creation of value together on the show, on your stage, as we like to talk about it. If you're doing that well, and people are showing up and you're having that three-way conversation, then you get the opportunity to nurture these connections the way that we are doing with each other right now, live. And there's four vectors of those connections that you can drive while doing this, which I'll talk about in a second. And then finally is the content piece. This was the thing that when I was doing the nonprofit stuff and the construction stuff, this is what I hadn't cracked yet, right? Content. Content is what scales the relationship building. This magnifies the efforts that you're doing, especially if you're making post-producing content of the people that were on the stage, you know, the more and better that you do that, the better the chances that you end up getting more people on the stage because the value is obvious and so on and so on. The relationship flywheel spins. So let's get into it, right? The value, number one, it's got to be obvious, right? The, the There's three things that I want to share with you as far as making the value obvious. One is our concept of content lanes. That is well, if I'm going to do a show, what am I going to talk about, right? So content lanes is how we organize that. You think to yourself, the people that I am trying to serve, what do they care about, <laughs> right? And when if, you really, if you're honest about it, you're going to realize that, yeah, they care about your product and they care about your service, but that maximum comprises about 25, 20 to 25% of like what they need to be successful in the job to be done that they are hiring for here, right? So what's the rest of it? And then as you start listing those things out, you're going to realize that they fall neatly into certain lanes. For JWB, this is a company that sells turnkey rental property investments in Jacksonville, Florida, right? Like you're buying a home, like you buy a bond or you know a cash performing asset. I've bought three of them. I'm all in. And if you think about folks that want to do that, right? They're asking themselves, is this interesting? Do I trust these people? And is this thing for me? So- What's interesting to them? Real estate education is definitely interesting to them if they're kicking the tires on how to invest in real estate completely passively. So talking about the different types of real estate and the mechanics of it all, that's one content lane, right? All those different pieces. Alternative asset class education is another one, right? So how does this compare to crypto, right? How does this compare to like going on a heater on Robinhood during 2020s? true story. How does this compare to gold or, or any other thing that they may be putting their money into? Where does this fit into that whole portfolio equation? Third, Jacksonville macro economy, right? If you're buying a home for Jacksonville for 30 years, you got to know why this is not hairy knuckle Florida. So the things that make Jacksonville unique, that's another content lane. 
Fourth is in-house expertise, right? Like what would I need to do this myself? And that which would tell me then if this is something that I want to outsource, right? So this is a way to highlight their team, highlight the expertise, highlight what they have in-house. That's that 20% pillar. And then the other thing is who else is doing this, right? If you see people like you doing it, then you're more likely to believe that you do it yourself. And those are our five content lanes. So when we're looking for guests and we're looking for subjects, we're thinking, man, how can I find somebody that satisfies at least one really well? But if we can satisfy a couple of these content lanes, we can have that conversation, then boom, we're cooking with fire, right? Those are our best performing episodes. Second, positioning. Most people make the mistake when they're starting a show, they think too narrow, right? They're like, how can I make a show, call it like the brand of my company or call it about my service? It's like, if I were to start the relationship flywheel show, right? Like, and what ends up happening, it's it's fine. It's, it's okay for a little while. What ends up happening is that at some point you're going to run out of, you're going to have all these like great things to talk about and people you have in mind. And then you're going to run out of topics. If, if you position it too narrow and if you go wider from there, it's not going to make a lot of sense to the people, you know, from the outside in, from the inside out, you have those folks. But as you get further out from like your inner circle, it's going to make less and less sense. So the key to positioning your show is to name the show after an ideal state, something that the audience is trying to achieve and something that whoever you're going to have a guest on considers a compliment, right? That is going to make it very, very easy now. Cause when I reach out to folks and I'm like, Hey, I want you to be on the B2B community builder show. They're like, Oh, you think I'm a community builder? That's cool, man. Yeah. I'll come on your show. That's awesome. Right. Regardless if it's about storytelling or about content strategy or about community itself or making lightning strike content, right? Like Raj did. And then on top of that, you want the folks that are watching the show to raise their hand and be like, oh, I self-identify as this. This is what I want to be, right? So not traveling investor show worked really, really well because it wasn't the rental property investing show. It wasn't the Jacksonville real estate show. It was the not your average investor show. And that's created a persona around who our guests see themselves as and who our community sees themselves as. And that you know, that's allowed us to bring on crypto folks, bring on the mayor of Jacksonville, right? Because we can reverse engineer that story into who they are, as opposed to like, well, you know, like we got a, we got a, we got a client that's like medical technology and they they named it after like infection control. And as we're trying to have a bigger discussion, folks are just like, well, I don't really know if this is for me because I'm an IT guy. And I'm like, this is exactly who you sell to, but they don't want to come on the show because we haven't casted a wide enough net, right? So you want to cast this wide net where, Again, your guest feels it's a compliment. Your audience is like, yep, that's me. And finally, hook points. The number one thing that's going to drive people to your show is not the name of your guest. And it's not who you are or whatever branding you know play you're doing. It's what's in it for me, right? Like, what am I going to learn on this call? So what we've realized is that the number one thing is the title of the show needs to be something where your audience, the people that you are trying to serve, get this email. And out of the 500 emails they receive, they look at it and they go, oh, that's something that I've been wanting to learn about. Thank you, Pablo. You just crossed something off my list. I'm going to show up on Monday, <laughs> right? That is that is what the headline of that email needs to read in order for people to show up. That's the hook point that you are looking for. Brandon Kane taught me this like great hook point exercise, right? Think about yourself walking down a terminal. You're not late for your flight, but you're also not like, you know, you're not dilly-dallying because you want to get there. You look to the left, you see a whole newsstand, and you see a whole bunch of magazines. What tight what headline on that magazine is going to stop you from your tracks from going to your gate and just chilling to like relax to get on the plane, to walk into that newsstand, grab that one magazine out of 500 magazines and open the and open the front cover. 
right? Like that's how you got to think about it. Beyond that, the invite, we structure it with an ABT storytelling framework to start. The ABT is like a really modular storytelling framework. It's an and, but therefore. So in the end, you build consensus. So state of the world is this, and this is where it's going, but you insert conflict, right? But people think it's this or, but this is, this is about to happen. Therefore, this is the conflict resolution. We're going to talk about this thing because it's in your best interest. Then you put in the bio, then you put in three other hook points of the thing that you're going to teach. And that's what brings people to, to calls. And finally, like a call to action of just like, yeah, come learn, come learn live, right? Like give them something for them of why they want to show up, right? So content lanes to keep it organized, what you're talking about, positioning to keep that net wide so that you get guests easily and people self-identify hook points to get people to show up to the show oof that was a golden nugget right there i'm gonna have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels so if you could just give this a pause right now go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on instagram twitter linkedin whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Once you got that going on, if you got people showing up to the show, like I have the honor of today, I'm sorry I can't see the chat right now because I don't have another screen. Once you have that going on, now you get this idea of like nurturing for connections. And the key here is to share your stage. This is why we are called Be the Stage because you want to be the stage, not the star of the stage, right? So first is the host to guests, right? The people that you have on your show or either your super consumers that you want to get close to, people that are great prospects or great sources of other referrals or other experts in your field that you want to be guilty by association with, other potential partners that can lead to referrals and partnerships. And in that one, this is the quintessential dinner out, right? Like this is the, hey, what is your superpower? Why are you so good at what you do? How can others learn from that? And who can I introduce you to, right? Like I, when we onboard folks to the show, we tell them on the front end, our goal here is to make an interview that you feel and look so good in it that you're going to use it as a way to introduce yourself to your next client before you take a meeting, right? And that's the level of service that you want to be at. Because think about it, the more that you appear with great people, the more guilty by association you are. So it behooves you to not turn this into your sales pitch. It behooves you to promote the things that you both believe in the most and and set them up to really, really succeed and keep it to like 80% about them, 20% about you and how this all thing fits in and how, you know, like this makes sense for other people. Then there's host to audience. When people show up, again, you got to make them feel like you're sharing the stage with them. You do that in three different ways. There's three different ways that the audience feels like the, sh- the stage is being shared with them. One, hearing your name on this thing, right? That's why I do the roll call. That's why normally if I'm seeing the the chat, I'm giving people nicknames. I'm adding context to whatever you're saying, and I'm and I'm and I'm trying to incorporate you into the conversation. You hear your name on the stage; it's being shared with you as well, right? Second, if you have input to give, your input makes it to the stage. Be it that. Somebody sends me a suggestion of I want to see this topic or I want to I want to listen to this person and I have him on, give him credit, right? Like give him credit for the idea that it is important to you that the things that your community want to see are there and this person provided it, right? That's going to drive engagement long-term if you allow people to provide their input on the stage. And finally, 
let them have a path to the stage themselves. Your first super consumer, the person that really buys in on your community, you know what? You're going to work real hard to figure out a way to get them to be president of the cool club for the day and interview them. On the Not Your Average Investor Show, it was Lee Bishop who's in the house. We call him the MVP of the Not Your Average Investor community. The moment that we realized he's our biggest cheerleader, we figured out a way to have him as a guest. On this show, Dawn is a great supporter of mine, figured out a way to have her on here, right? Like that that is you want to have a path from from community member to on the stage for the day, if you provide enough value, that drives engagement as well. Then there's guest to audience. These are the two vectors that people really start to miss, even when they don't do this host to audience stuff. And it's guest to audience. When somebody asks the question and you are relaying it to the to your guest, try to add as much context as you can to the question for two reasons. One, hearing your name on the stage, right? If I'm phrasing a question that I ask the expert as a warm introduction to somebody, it makes you feel like you belong there. It makes you feel like this is a, a conversation between three friends. This is why you show up so that you can talk to the guest and be friends with Eddie Yoon for the day or Christopher Lockhead or whatever. And then second, and this is what people miss a lot, is you're doing a favor to your guest. The more context that you give him when they ask or her, you, when you're asking that question, the better you set them up to succeed to provide a valuable answer, right? So you're really just facilitating this exchange of value, which is at the end of the day, the key to community building. And then finally is audience to audience, right? Like incentivize thought leadership inside your inside the comments, inside the chat. When somebody says something, call it out. That's a great thing by, you know, by Hannah. I'm sure she's typing something awesome in the chat at some point here. I can't see it. But, you know, like drive those connections because really what ends up what ends up driving that community piece is people feeling like they've made a friend in here and it's become appointment television and you get to see them and, and interact with them. And then when you give them the option to meet in person, they do. Right. So that is what those four connections is what really starts to drive the community and really just ramps up the value and the relationship building during the live show. And then finally, repurpose content creates the scale. Right. Like this is. 2017, I wouldn't shut up about this whole like community creation, aggregated value. I didn't know how to crack it beyond like the city where I lived. And then I saw our boy, Gary V and the rest is history, right? Like you can take whatever you're doing, you can take the one seed of an interaction. And if you're making content around it, then you take that seed, you plant it in 20 different pots and you put it in six different ecosystems, right? So the key to that is to create a process for speed. The process for speed we created has, I believe it's five junctures, right? So you take a video, you transcribe it. From the transcription, you highlight the things that you think are the most compelling that you want quote cards and videos made out of. From there, it goes to your video editor, graphic designer, right? That's way more efficient than, oh, second, four minute, 32 to seven minute, 24, no, it's a 26, right? Like that, it just completely takes away that whole back and forth. If you're transcribing and highlighting and sending it to a graphic designer, video editor makes it way easier. Once the video editor chops it up, they put it back in in something called a batch board, right? And this is just a sheet that has a couple of tables and every table is for one piece of content. That piece of content has a link to the content, then it has a place for a headline and it has a place for a caption. That way, once all these things are 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 figured out, then you can write in headline, write in caption, write in headline, write in caption. This becomes the role of the writer so that you can start scaling this process out. After that's done, back to the graphic designer, put it together with the headline and the teaser, and then it goes to social media scheduler, right? So what happens when you separate it out into these steps is that, you know, you might be a one-person team and maybe like me, when I first started, you were doing all the steps except for the video editing and graphic design. But as time goes on, 
you hire a social media scheduler and you hire a writer and you hire a content selector, a content strategist, right? Like I now get to do this stuff and it just goes because I have all the people that are in every different spot. But if we wouldn't have like segmented it out, then we would have never gotten to that point where we could. And kudos to Isar, who has built the most unbelievable content repurposing strategy through the script. So if you're not using the script, highly recommend that because it can do like three of those steps in one. And if you need it, we can send you the YouTube of Isar's keynote of how to do that in the chat. All right. So then the content you create has to be thumb stopping content, right? We are scrolling the length of the Eiffel Tower every single day on our phones. So in order for someone to get to that really cool thing you say in minute 133, they got to stop and pay attention. So you get three chances to get some chances to get them to stop their scroll. We call these the hooks, right? There is the first line of the copy, there's the headline, and then there's the first three seconds of the video. I'm going backwards order of how you got to think about this, right? So Again, if the if the money shot is in 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 minute one thirty three, right? And like, let's say, not your average investor show. It's like, yeah, and that's when I made six million dollars off of rental property investing from zero in five years. You you put that directly at the front of the video, and then the brand comes in, and then the story starts, right? So that's that's the first hook. Headline then becomes you you. I, I never thought it was possible to get rich in five years, right? Or, 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 or like the headline can be surprising way to build wealth from nothing in five years, right? So, so now that's framed, right? Somebody's seeing that, they see that first part and they're like, oh, that's interesting. And if you magnify it from the first line of the copy in the caption, I like to think to myself, I never thought I would say this, but, and then that's what I start my caption with. So in this example, it would be like, I think I'm going to be a millionaire in six years right? Because I'm going to reverse engineer the strategy and what this strategy is, is blah, 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 blah. But that's the first line, right? So now someone sees, I think I'm going to be a millionaire in six years. You never believe how quickly you can make capital. And then this guy, this person says, you know, I I made $6 million of real estate in five years. Boom. Now you're you're like, wow, I got to figure out what this is, right? I'm in for the story. So yeah, so that's, those are the hooks. Finally, I like to think of the reason why we do this on Zoom is for a couple of different reasons, right? Like, I get the question all the time. Why can't I just go restream and do like YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these different things? At the end of the day, at my core, I am a kid that grew up in Miami in the 90s promoting <laughs> promoting nightclubs. And there is nothing more powerful in social validation than the cool club, than the velvet rope, right? So like you want to create an intimate environment where people feel like they're in the inside of something. And that's what this Zoom chat creates. Not to mention the fact that to get on a Zoom call, people have to give you their information. So now you're also building a list off of this thing. And the way that you treat it is president of the cool club is on the stage. The cool club court is right here in Zoom right now. This is where we're building relationships. Next level out is if you're live on Facebook, if you're live watching somewhere else, you know, like you can you can interact with them, but they know that they're not here. So they have to opt in in order to really be in. And then the outer the outer levels is just people that are following along that the day that they want to join in, they're able to join, right? Like that psychology is what bring, nurture, frictionless nurture is what we call it, right? Going from like periphery of content consumption to center of the cool club. You're in here with me, buddy. Let's go, right? And then finally, Q&A, right? We talk about sharing the stage and one of the reasons why you add all the context in the questions of the Q&A and then you repurpose that content strategically 
is because you're sharing the stage, right? If I can tag the guest for this awesome answer that he gave or she gave, if I can if I can tag the audience member for this awesome question that she answered and then share it, now that has legs to grow organically, right? So this is what we implemented at JWB year one, led to $40 million, but I haven't told you why I think this is something your CFO is going to love, right? And we didn't figure that out until Greg Cohen, who is the CMO and co-founder of JWB, came on Easter's podcast and he realized something really, really important. And it was that these $40 million worth of revenue and all this value and all this community, really, he could trace it all back to the 30 people that were showing up to every show, right? So like little context, we do two shows a week with JWB. We get like 45 to 65 people on per show. So it's like 100 to 120 people, but there's about 30 that come to every single show. And that is that is the heart of our community. And when he traced back all the profit that came from this, it was them re-upping and buying more properties, them telling their friends and other people in the community about it, them convincing somebody that wasn't so sure about it, taking a call and just talk, right? Like Lee Bishop does a ton of this, like taking a call and just talking them through the minutia with somebody that isn't selling them anything, right? So this idea that with only 15 to 30 people, you can have a valuable community that generates revenue seems really, really approachable, doesn't it? And it makes perfect sense because it's really just a game of social validation, right? Once you get to 15, then person 16 through 500, once they land on the show and they realize, I'm here to figure out if somebody, if this person's real, right? And they see a bunch of people that like are clearly real talking about how much they're into it. That is the pipeline accelerator. That is the social validation piece that Eddie Yoon calls the most powerful way of acquiring clients, which is to have two super consumers talking about your product in front of somebody who is debating whether or not they want to be a client, right? So if that's the goal, right? Like if where we need to get is this like 15 to 30 people showing up to every show, how can we shortcut that? And what we came up with was a cohort-based course, right? Because a cohort-based course has the things that, the things that create community, right? This like shared mission, this idea that you're going to take people on a journey together, to accomplish a goal that they all care about, that they're all, you know, like-minded folks, right? That it has that. It has, we add an office hours element to it, right? So it has the ritualistic approach of you're going to show up to this course once a week. There's going to be office hours once a week, whichever time slot that fits the best. That's when you start doing your live show because you've indoctrinated people into showing up at a certain day, at a certain time to get value. And that shortcuts it. And number three, which is the reason why it's a, it is a strategy that your CFO will love is the idea that it provides cash flow, right? So if you can sell 25, $500 cohort based courses, 10 times, right? So like 10 months out of the year, let's say you have a four week program, you're selling 25 of them for 500 bucks. Guess what? You just generated 150,000 bucks on the front end, right? So would that not pay for your community program? It's also, if you think about it creatively, right? Like there's two ways to develop it. You can either be figure out what you can really, really teach your community that they're going to want to pay for, or you can, if you have like a product, like a software, you can go to all your super users 
and bring them in for, and, and we, and I did this in 2018, right? Like we had this like e-commerce software. We brought in our 12 highest performing clients. I gave them a template to present their business and I did a SWOT analysis for everybody. And when they presented it, we realized that each person was really good at one thing. And then we took that one thing from each person and turned it into a course and we credited them for it, right? And we sold that course for 5,000 bucks a pop. So now you are giving them you know, this like elevated level of expertise. And oh, guess what? If you take this course in six months, we're going to have an event where they're going to be the speaker and you can come meet them, right? So it, the cohort-based course is this way to liquidate it on the front end, to create the Avengers, whether you're doing it from the people teaching it or the folks that are the, that are taking the course and getting like habitualized to showing up at a certain day and a certain time. And you are financing your operation on the front end that builds the community that does all this other stuff. So the rest is bonus. This is why your CFO will love it. So of course- we eat our own dog food around here and we completely re-engineered everything we did. We launched a online cohort-based course that started selling it at 200 and we sold it at 500. Now we're selling at, this is actually a little bit outpaced. There's only one slot left at 747, but anybody from this call, if you want it at 747, that's easy. So we launched this course. We're about to do cohort three. It has generated revenue from us from the front end, but more importantly, it got really great people showing up to my show and building that flywheel piece that allows for that social validation to happen all by just you know, given given the best advice that you have for a price that is a no brainer, we give away all of our frameworks. We give away, you know, like our our SOPs, everything plus all the thought process, blah 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 blah. Community all put together, everything you need, and then we also ate our own dog food, right? And this is, you know, we rebranded the show. If you saw it before, it was the B, it was the Chief Executive Connector Show. That was about me. Now we call it the B2B Community Builder Show. We have content lanes. People that we bring on the show are like, oh yeah, I'm a community builder. I'm cool that people that raise their hand to come on this want a community, right? And this has been the result, right? Remember 2020, it was like $60,000 worth in profit. Well, in six months of doing this, we've had 266 attendees, 34 campers, six new shows have launched. That's huge, right? Because there's now six people out there in the ecosystem evangelizing this thing and doing this thing and allowing it to get better and better based on what they're doing. And we've secured $202,000 worth of new business. That has come from three different things. One is now that I have a show, I'm able to bring, you know, we have one client that we brought on that was like, we did a two-part series. He realized that like his clients, he wanted his clients to be in the audience being a part of this. So, you know, signed up for like the full service. We had another client that we invited him in the audience and he realized that like, man, he, you know, like he wants his clients in the audience full service. And then we had a, a graduate from the boot camp that decided there was so much value in it that she wanted to invest in the full service done for her as well. And on top of that, the people that have bought the boot camp, right? So, this is it. This is the formula, right? If you're trying to grow a community or you're trying to convince your boss to grow a community, make it easy for them to adopt it by solving the problem on the front end. The internet talk show solves for content creation, strategic relationship building, and engagement of community, creating the online cohort-based class, creates for liquidating it on the front end and shortcutting to the people that need to be there to show that it's a community and not just a bunch of crickets. And last but not least, since this is going to happen at CMX, this is my move. This is what I was teasing ahead of time. Come be a guest on my show, CMX audience, right? Like I, I want folks from CMX. My next show on Monday is going to be the lessons that I've learned from CMX. It's going to be 
You can come on, give me like a five to six minute speaking point of what you learned. We're going to post-produce it, give you content to position you as an expert in your field of community because you were there. Um, and I get a crowdsource show. I get to learn all the stuff that I didn't learn because I'm out there making friends instead of like watching the programming. But more importantly, this is an unbelievable feedback loop mechanism to be able to invite somebody when you go to a conference, invite them on your show immediately after it like formalizes the relationship. It gets them on your email list. And now you get to show up and give value whenever you want. We did this for the first time at, um, what was it? He sorry, it was that Podfest. We did this and it worked really, really well. I'm now doing it at CMX. I'm going to do it at the Badass Business Summit. And today's the first time that I ever did a different deployment, right? I was at FinCon and I was like, man, I got this keynote coming up. I'm going to give a preview of it. This is what I'm talking about. Come check it out. And people can come opt in and check it out. Well, there you go. I'll have you know that the feedback that I got from doing that from my show really helped me crush the conferences that I went to and doing it. So if you're intrigued by this methodology, right? Like this was a new discovery of a new way to use it. I've been using it to follow up with people at conferences. I'm now using it to practice my public speaking. I've been using it to build my relationships, to build my community, to build my business through it. We are teaching it starting in October, the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp. It is normally $9.97. If you listen to the show and you want to take this course, we're going to open up a coupon code for the next week at B2BCB will be the will be the code. It's going to be in the show notes. Hope to see you there. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, but I want you in that cohort. We already have six extraordinary people signed up. So we're definitely doing it. It's going to be excellent. And I think that if you have a content stream already and you're a little bit frustrated, you feel like you're just not sure if it's working or not, this is going to be good for you. If you are thinking about starting a podcast or starting a YouTube channel or you want to be on social media, this is going to be super helpful for you to stand it up using all of our frameworks, all of our theory. You might as well get started on the right foot. And uh, last but not least, if you have a business and you haven't started creating a community, and you're having a hard time figuring that piece out, this is going to solve for how you start, how you get that going. Whether you are producing webinars, podcasts, or YouTube, this brings it all together, and it's going to show you the way to make this thing really, really work for your business, for your culture of your business, and for your clients as well. So I hope you join us on the next boot camp. Uh, the link is in the show notes, but use B2B. Uh, the letter two, of course, B, the letter two, B, C, B, just like B2B Community Builder, as a coupon code, and you will get 200 bucks off. Good for just this week. So hope to see you there. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up on social media. And of course, got to thank my team, Rowan, who is my account manager, makes all this thing run. JP, who makes all the content look great and repurpose. Uh, Gina, our chief heart officer, who is running operations behind the scenes and the culture of our team, which makes it amazing. Marge, who is always uh, looking out for her. Nicola, who is my partner in writing this amazing um, newsletter that we have uh, been publishing with great success. It's called Relationship Driven Growth Strategy. You can find it on Substack. Our latest episode of Content Life Community is really blown up and um, people are loving it. And of course, the rest of the team, our account managers, Joanna, Joyce, who's on maternity leave, can't wait to have her back. Uh, Jade, who is helping us with writing and QCing, 
Philip, who's our newest content editor as well. And uh, of course, read our content strategist. And don't forget, relationships will always beat transactions.